<laughs> so excuse me if I feel a little, if I look a little different. I'm just like, wow. Anyway, <laughs> today we're talking about faith. And um, like the video stated um, that you just saw, you know, faith is, is a big issue. It's a serious issue when we talk about God and we talk about Christianity and we talk about faith. Because faith is really a part of everything that, we, everything that we do and everything that we are in Christianity. The just, the scripture says in Romans, the just will live by faith. And, and you know, and, and faith is involved in all things. When we pray, we, we pray in faith. Um, when we are speaking to God, we do it in faith. We don't, we don't see him. It's not like I could see my wife right now, but, but I don't see God. But that doesn't, that doesn't negate that God isn't there because of my faith. I believe he's there. I believe he's, he's real. So faith is an important part. And another, but another reality is faith is, is, is something that's, that we all do. So regardless of whether or not, whether or not you are a Christian, you got faith. You got faith. Um, you know, the best example that I've heard throughout all the years is the fact that you're sitting on the chair that you have right now and somehow you don't sit there and look down and say, is this chair holding me? Let's you know right now that you have faith. The fact that you're breathing in and out and you don't even think about it, whether or not the air is going to leave the room. You got faith. The fact that you just woke up this morning, got dressed, and got to church and didn't stop and say, am I going to make it? You got faith. So faith is something that everyone has. It's something that's a reality in our lives. And, you know, and like he said, it's not something that's the Starship Enterprise, so deep and, and profound, it's something that's real, real, real simple, and it's something that we all do, and it's something that we all have. And, and, and God calls us to have this faith. But I don't know about you, but there are times in my life where faith can be difficult. I always like to share a little story about my life, and, and so... And so um, one of the things that, that occurred actually just recently is I, I got a, um, you know, we, we, you guys know that we moved to Hackensack, New Jersey, and we, we, just, we just, just for the record, we love it be, being here. We love it here. We love Hackensack. <laughs> love being in Jersey. Love my guys in church. I love you peoples, my peoples. <laughs> so, you know, love you all. And, um, but, it's, but it's different. It's different. And one of the biggest challenges is financially because, you know, where we were at before, um, we weren't paying, we weren't necessarily paying rent, we were paying like a, a, what was it, a maintenance fee, so it wasn't as much as rent was, and so now, and then we were in a one-bedroom apartment, now we're in a one-and-a-half-bedroom apartment, and it's, so, you know, so the rent is more, and so, and then, you know, we pay for heat, which is something I've never experienced before, so it's like, I'm like, Jesus, got the electric bill, and I said, Jesus, <laughs> help, Lord. <laughs> you know, so different things, but you know, you know, I've seen God provide in the past, so you know, I try not to, you know, no worry about it. But then I got into a phone call with somebody the other day, and you know, I just decided, just you know, you decide all the time. Let me just vent, you know, trustworthy person. Let me just vent on, on them, and just kind of tell them, you know, this is what's going on. And so they listen to me, and then they go, "Why are you living there? Oh my gosh, you, oh my gosh, why did you, why did you choose to do that?" Why didn't you choose to go into another? Why, didn't you, why did you leave New York? What is wrong with you? <laughs> and you know, and I'm just like, and you know, I'm just kind of there, like, you know, well, you know, well, no, 
uh, we decided that we had to leave and um, you know, this is something we just decided to do. It's like, well, why did you, you know, you're going to put yourself in a hole and this, that, and the other. You're going to get all distressed out. And, and it's like, well, you know, why don't you find somewhere else to go and do something else? Don't do that. What are you doing, you know? And and so on. And then so I just kind of, you know, politely changed the conversation. <laughs> and moved on and just kind of moved on and um, finally got off the phone phone. And I just experienced discouragement. I, I mean, it was just as if a cloud of despair and doom just started to hover over me. Because I, I could, sometimes you never ever begin got so um, sad or worried. Or you could just feel you could just feel your whole body react. It's just like I'm just I was here and now I'm just going down. That's <laughs> not hard down. This is another down, down, down. You know, <laughs> you know, it was just going down, and, and I felt it. But you know, I tried to ignore them. And my wife comes home later on, and the uh, love about me—the one thing that I can praise God about me and my wife—is we somehow know each other. Especially me, because I'm the type of person that I could be—I could be going through, but I will make it look like I'm, nothing's going on. That's just—that's just how I've just learned to be. So I, I, I will fake the funk <laughs> all the way home, going through hell. Ain't nobody going to know nothing. And I'm okay with that because, you know, that's kind of how I protect myself. This is my therapy session right now, I know. But, <laughs> you know, but my wife, but somehow God has given my wife, my wife and me the ability that we can't do that with each other. We try. I, I do. I do. I really do try. I try to fake it out. You know, because she just started sitting there looking at me. And she goes, what's wrong? Just on a, And I'm not doing anything. I'm just, we were just watching TV. So it wasn't like I was in tears or something. It was, she was just watching TV. What's wrong? And so first I, first I do what I normally do. I lie. I say, nothing's wrong. <laughs> that's it. No, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> but that's, you know, that's, on, that's, that's the first thing. Oh, nothing's wrong because you don't want from the bar. You don't want them to worry about what you are. Then I said one way. No, I'm just, I'm tired. So I decided, I didn't lie because I really was tired. <laughs> I just didn't tell her what was really wrong. So I just chose one thing that was wrong. That's not the thing. <laughs> so you see my psychology here. <laughs> so I said, I'm tired. She's like, okay, you're tired. All right. So, you know, we're just sitting there relaxing and just sitting there. And the Lord's like, you know, that's not what's wrong. <laughs> You need to tell her what's wrong. So finally, I just, you know, did it as in the form of a question. I said, I said, baby, do you like living here? And she goes, she goes, what? I said, do you like living here? She goes, of course I like living here. Is that the problem? <laughs> so then I finally told her what happened in the conversation. She said, you know, you know, you, you don't have to worry about this. You know, God has taken control of the situation before in the past, and he's provided. He's going to provide. So don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. I said, okay, okay, I'll try, I'll try not to worry. <laughs> but the fact of the matter is, there are times when we, we go through the point in our life where we, where we, you know, we have faith, we believe in God, but something comes, whether it be a trouble, whether it be a circumstances, whether it be a person or, or, or a thing, <laughs> something or someone will come and it will challenge our faith. Now, well, now, I want to share to you um, Hebrews chapter 11. In Hebrews chapter 11, and we can start, I'm, going to, I'm not going to read all of Hebrews because it's a, 
uh, um, it's a long chapter, and, you know, time is of the essence, so, I, you know, I want to be respectful of time. But um, there are the three main portions I want to look at. But, in, but um, just to give you an overview, Hebrews of, of Hebrews chapter 11, um, the book of Hebrews is, is, is a book written by, we don't know who the author is. Some people was, used, to, used to say it was Paul, but some people, other people believe it's Apollos. Uh, and some people, other believe it might be Barnabas, but nobody really knows for sure who wrote the book of Hebrews. But we know that it is written to the Jews, Jewish believers. And at, during this time, during this time, the, the, one of the things that the Jewish believers were experiencing, they were experiencing persecution. Because, they, you know, they were, I mean, the Jewish people alone were already, on, in a sense, under captivity because they were under Roman under the Roman Empire, so they didn't necessarily have their own land. Um, so Jewish people already felt kind of persecuted and left out already. But then now when you had Christianity coming forth, and so you had Jews becoming um, Christians and following after Messiah, claiming that Jesus Christ was Messiah, for the Jewish people, they got really upset about that. Because it's like, okay, now, now, you're try- now you're trying to mess with us here. And so as a result, the Jews would be persecuting those Jewish believers in, in Christ, those Christians. So, so there was a lot of persecution taking place. And then you have even the Roman Empire certain, after time starting to attack Jews. And, and so it got to a point where Jews were being, um, the Jew, the Jew, these Jewish believers in Christ were being persecuted. They were being killed. They were being stoned. They were being, being put to death. They were being tortured. All because they claimed Christ as the Messiah. And so this is what the writer in Hebrews begins to talk about. So what you have in, in, in chapter 10 is actually, actually before you get in, right into, before you get into chapter 11, he begins to challenge them um, about their faith. And he says, listen, don't let go of your faith. You cannot be, and, I, and I'm just paraphrasing, he said, you cannot, be, you cannot be someone who sits there and takes the cross and then just puts it down and, and, and tries to destroy it or stomp on it or neglect, neglect it. You can't do that. Um, don't let go of your faith. So, he, so this is where he goes. And so now he begins to explain, now let's talk about faith. And so you have, now let's talk about faith and faith the what it is. And so that's when he starts beginning to talk about faith and he gives examples of faith. So Hebrews 11 verse 1 simply says this, Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not say. Another version, I believe, is the New American Standard says, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. And then we have our famous, lovely King James Version, which says that faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. And I like to have my version. This is the way I always say it. It's faith is knowing that you know that you know, even when you don't know. So faith is knowing that you know, that you know, even when you don't know. I remember having a conversation back when I was in Fordham College, and I took a theology course at um, Fordham University, um, and they started talking, it was like an intro to religion course, and they started talking about, you know, faith and belief, and so they asked everybody, do you believe in, in God? And so they were like, yeah, you know, you have, I said, yeah, so do you have faith in God? I said, yeah, but said, but do you know God exists? And so people started saying no, but I said, yeah. And so the first said, well, no, you can't say that you know that God exists. 
because, you know, there's no scientific evidence. There's, you know, you don't see him like you see me in front of your face, so that you don't know that God exists. I said, well, if you say that you don't know that God exists, then why are you saying you have faith and you believe? And so, so they were like, no, what are you talking about? And I said, no. He said, you don't understand. If you say you have faith, that says you say you know. Regardless of what you see or what you don't see, you know. So even if you don't know, even if you don't quote unquote know, the fact of the matter is, I know. You don't have to convince Debbie my wife. That's my wife. I know that's my wife. You don't have to convince me. I don't even need the ring to convince me. That's my wife. I know. Ain't nothing you say or do is going to convince me otherwise. <laughs> you know, we're convinced. I am assured. I am convinced. God exists. So faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen things not seen. And so, and, and, and Hebrews goes on to begin to describe different things about faith. It's by faith that we understand creation exists. It's by faith that, you know, that Abraham was, was, was able to go out uh, called by God into a land that he, that he did not know. It was by faith that Enoch was, Enoch was taken to, to heaven um, just because he believed God, even though there was no scripture to tell him there was no scripture, there was no law, there was no anything to tell him how to follow God, but he knew to follow God. And for that, for that, he was able to never experience death. So we have all these different examples of faith that begin to take place. But again, the, 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 the real challenge that we have is, well, how do you, you know, what do you do to keep this faith? What, 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 what do you do to keep this faith strong, active, and alive, and going? Well, I believe that Hebrews shows three things, and in and, and Hebrews 11, verse 6, a uh, famous, famous portion of scripture that we all know, and we can probably just all say it, it says, and without faith, it is impossible to please God. And what does it say? Because we must first believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Now, in that one verse, Hebrews 11:6, there are two things that I see that are important when it talks about faith and keeping your faith. It's number one, you believe that he is. Remember who he is. When, when, the, when trials come, when troubles come, and when situation comes and begins to challenge his faith, challenge your faith, you've got to remember who he is. Now, I was looking at that scripture, and, and, and you know, as, as I was one day just looking at the devotions, I, I realized something. I said, number one, number one, you know, it's believing that he exists. We could say that, you know, it's believing that he exists. And shoot, I believe that, that nowadays, you know, there are, there are people out there that we know that don't believe that God, God exists. But even that, let me tell you, even that's faith. Just for the record. Because to be able to say that he doesn't exist, it's still, you don't know for sure whether or not he exists. So therefore you have faith. So never... So atheists can never say he never has faith, just for the record. But anyway, that was just a side note for those people who like to challenge. <laughs> but regardless of that, you know, um, regardless of that, the scripture says that he believed that he is. So it's believing that he exists. But I realize when, in, in biblical times, people didn't really have that much of an issue believing that he existed. Believing that there, that there was a God was not an issue in ancient times. Everybody believed that there was a God. The fact of the matter is that everybody believed that there were gods. That there was a God, there was a God for, for the land. That there was a God for the air. That there was a God for the waters. And there was a 
God for this, and there was a God for fertility, and there was a God for um, finances. There was a God for just about everything. So the issue was never whether or not there was a God, but the issue was the issue that the Jews faced, and that reason why they got persecuted a lot of times was because they believed that he was the God. So it wasn't just believing that there was a God, it was believing that he is. That means that he is it. If, he, if, you, he, if you need a healer, you go to him. If you need a deliverer, you go to him. If you need a financial breakthrough, you go to him. If you need salvation, you go to him. If you need some deliverance, you go to him. Whatever it is, it, who, who's the creator of the universe who holds all things together? He is. Is he the one? Who's the one who, who, who sets the stars in order, sets the times and the place and the seasons? He is. Who's the one who, who, who called you, knew you before the world was formed, placed you right in the situation, in a place where you're at from the beginning and knows your beginning to end? He is. Who is the Alpha and Omega, the Waymaker, the true and living God? There is no other. He is. He is the self-existent, the omnipotent, the omnipresent, the omnipresent, the all-knowing God. There is no other. You must believe that he is. And that's our challenge at times. At times that can be a challenge. Is he really this? Is he really that? When things don't seem to go my way, is he still really is? So you must believe that he is. But then I like how, you know, you have your certain words there. So there, you, so you have believe that he is. You must believe that he is. But then it says and. It doesn't say or. It says and. So there's a part two to this. You must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Now, that's, that, that is where it got me. Because as, as Christians, you know, I've, I've been a Christian since I was 17 years old. Gave my life to Christ at the age of 17. So I've been around for a little while. I'm going to let you know how old I am now. So. <laughs> but I've been around for a minute. <laughs> but, um, you know, because of that, I have no problem believing that he is. I mean, we sang the songs. We were right here. I mean, sing, sing some of these songs. Right? We sing these songs because we believe that he is. You know, that he's the, you know, the Lord of the breakthrough, that he's the Holy One, that he's uh, uh, the, the mighty God, that he's going to, you know, that he will return, that he will return, that he's going to sound the alarm and blow the trumpet, that he's going to bring blessings and glory and honor um, and all those things. We, we sing all these songs, so we don't have a problem believing that he is. But believing that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him, it's another story. Because what that says to me then is that what, when, when, when he's a rewarder, that means, that means if, of those who diligently seek him, first of all, you know, the word seek him, if you look at it in the Greek, um, it simply, means to, simply means to seek out. It simply means to go into a state of just almost abandonment and focusing on him. So you're, 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 you're seeking. It's, that's, why, that's why in the King James Version it says to earnestly, earnestly seek him. Because, because, because what they're adding is, is a whole, the whole tense of I'm going after him. I'm giving it my all. I'm, I'm, I'm going after him. And that he will reward you as a result. And that's where I had the problem. Because I said, I could believe that you are, Lord God. But I realized that at times, 
I don't know if, if I seek him, will he answer? I don't know if at times he could be a believer. He could be the great I am, the mighty God, the everlasting father, provider, healer, deliverer. But it's one thing to say that he is. It's another thing to say that he is for me. And I think that's also even why sometimes, you know, Pastor talked about in like a week or two ago, he talked about prayer. And he talked about, you know, some of the reasons we, we, people don't pray. Talk about sometimes we just get distracted. Sometimes it's just an issue of discipline, you know. Sometimes we just don't know what to pray or how to pray. But sometimes we just really don't believe that he'll hear me. Sometimes we really don't believe that, that, that he's there in the midst. Especially when we, we, we do and we pray and we say, Lord, I, I, Lord, I need, I, need, I, need my, I need my mother to become a Christian. Lord, I need my mother to become a Christian. And we pray. We pray for a week. And, the, and your mother's just the same mother that she was. <laughs> we can say, okay, I'm going to try again. I'm going to keep on praying. Two weeks, Lord. And we pray. Nothing. And three weeks, Lord. And now your mother's just getting mad at you. Because <laughs> she just found out you're praying for her. So now, <laughs> so and, and then week four, and now she's putting you literally to the cross. She's getting on you on every little thing and every little everything. Inside. Week five, week six, and seven. One month, two months, three months, one year, two years, five years, and we pray and we pray and we pray. And then after a while, you know, the scripture says. Um, you know, Scripture talks about how um, hope unfulfilled makes the heart sick. After a while, you know, you hope. Faith is the, is, is the substance of things hoped for. We hope. We want this to happen. But because we don't see the substance, because we don't see the evidence, we begin to wane. But God says we must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. So we believe him. We, we continue to seek him out. I, I, see, I'm not trying to give this no new deep. I, 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 you know, I, I always try to, try to I, you know, I, I was in a pastor's prayer meeting and um, one of the pastors were there. And she's like a deep, profound, like, like really, like, like everybody in the Bronx loves this woman. She's a teacher of t- teachers. I mean, she runs a whole Bible school and everything. And, and she came out and just started leading this prayer meeting and started leading Bible study. She said, you know, I was trying to find this prolific message right now, um, this real deep, but the only thing that God gave me was to let you know that God loves you. And let me tell you, that was one of the best prayer meetings we ever had because of a simple message of God's love. And sometimes... And I say, well, you know, I say, God, you know, I'm, I'm trying to talk about faith. It's not like I never talked about faith before. It's not like you've never heard about faith before. But sometimes, sometimes we need to just go back and just keep it simple and keep it plain. And simply is, you have to believe that he is, that he is a rewarder of those that genuinely seek him. And actually, I forgot to tell you, when you, talk, you look at the word believe, and um, word, word believe, you look at the verb tense of the word believe, the actual verb tense actually implies that you believe once for all. So you must believe that he is and that you got to believe that he is a rewarder of those who did Once for all, he is. Once for all, he's a rewarder of those who seek him. 
So he is once and for all a reward of those who did as you seek him. So we're not just talking about believing for a moment. We're not just talking about believing for just a chance, but we're talking about believing always that he is and that he is a reward of those who did as you seek him. And there was one other element. That's why I said, you know, April just, just got into my sermon because she just, she just did it. She just did it. Um, and, and I was going to have one illustration, but she already gave an illustration of it. But she talked about the owls <laughs> and the guardians. See, the third thing, third thing, the element that, um, that you see in Hebrews, and it's in Hebrews chapter 11, verses 13 to 17, and I'll just read it. And it says this, all these people were still living by faith. Now, he, he, he's talking about these people, which is, you know, people like Enoch, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, all these different people, examples of faith, right? He says, all these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance and they admitted that they were aliens and strangers on earth. People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had an opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called the God, for he has prepared a city for them. What's the third thing they did? The third thing that they simply did was that they saw what they did not see. I'll, I'll share my illustration anyway, just, just to bring it out. There, someone once told me a, uh, a story about Walt Disney. Everybody knows Walt Disney, you know, Walt Disney, Disneyland. I've never been to Disneyland yet, and i got to get there one day. But, <laughs> but I've, you know, Disneyland, my niece went there. She loved it. It's an amazing place, and you have two or three different places. And Walt Disney, throughout his time, he was known as an, an entertainer extraordinaire. He was the best at what he did. And he was famous and well-known. And he got to a place where, you know, he began building... Disneyland in different places, and he got to a point where he was uh, building Disneyland in Florida, um, and and that, that's right now Disneyland in Florida is like the Disneyland. Everywhere else is like compared to Disneyland in Florida, right? <laughs> so he, he was in a place of building out, but he actually passed away before he could finish it. He had passed away before he could fi- finish it, and then they went through the inauguration ceremony. His brother was the one who took over the business after Walt Disney had died, and, and so it was him, and then at the inauguration ceremony, it was him and his wife, and, you know, they were able to, you know, open up Walt, Dis- Walt Disney World. And what happened, the story said that there was a, I'm not sure if it was a reporter or, or one of the staff who came up to his wife late afterwards and came out and said, well, you know, I'm so sorry that Walt Disney's not here because I wish he would have seen this. You know, it's, it's so sad that he did not get to see this happen. She said, she said, oh, no. You don't understand. No, 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 no. He didn't miss nothing. You don't understand. He saw it already. You're the one seeing it now. He already saw it. Matter of fact, one of the things that her brother did did do, which I did find, was that, you know, he went up to his wife and said, you think he would be pleased with this? She's like, yeah, he would be real pleased because this is what he saw. He had already seen it. See, any of the great leaders that you deal with, any of the great companies that you deal, that you deal with, they, they, don't become, they don't 
become great just because they become great because the people, the leaders already see it. They already see the, what, what it is and what it's going to be. See, let me talk about the gathering church for a minute. <laughs> I feel like I just needed to go here for a second. See, the gathering church is not what we see. And that can be the difficult things about sometimes. We can sometimes end up thinking we're a small church or we're just doing this or we're just in the college or, you know, it's just me, me and Omar. But no, the gathering church is more than what you see. That's why I, I appreciate it, Pastor, talking about, you know, we have presence in the world. So that means we're affecting lives we don't even see. But, but beyond what you see here, we have to be able to see what the gathering church is going to be. And if you want to go wherever it is you want to go, that God is calling you to go, you have to see it. You can't just, you can't just sit there and say, okay, I'm going to get there one day and just leave it alone and just hope that it somehow gets there. You've got to have the vision in mind. These people here, what, what the writer here was talking about, that there were, these people here, they were foreigners and aliens. They were going through what they were going through. Abraham had to leave his family. He had to go in, into a land that he, know, that he knew not. He had to take his wife and his kids, and he just had to go. Didn't know, didn't get all the details of how he's going to get there, but he just knew he had to go. And then on top of that, God was saying he's going to get a son. And here he is, as old as can be. <laughs> and he's going to get, his wife is as old as can be. And it's like, are you kidding me? We're going to get a, we're, we're going to get a son. Okay. But you know what? He ended up going. But he believed. He believed. And so because he believed, he was able to go. And God was able to bless him with his son. But then to top it all off, God tells him after he gets his son, now go and sacrifice the son. And so now he has to believe again. And he has to go and put his son at the altar and begin to get ready to kill it. Why? But he was able to do it. Why? Because he saw. He said, my God will provide. God will be able to provide all of my needs, so I don't have to worry. And God was able to bless him and stop the son, stop the son from dying. Enoch, the, Enoch didn't get a command, any command, no commandment, no scripture, no church, no Bible, but he, but he just believed God. There was, we had no, no, nothing about him other than he pleased God. And so be, he pleased God so much that God said, I just got to take you for myself. I just got to take you for myself. We have Noah. God's telling him it's going to rain. What's rain? I don't know. <laughs> they didn't know anything about rain. Here it is. It's going to rain. Build an ark because God's going about to bring judgment. And God, rain is going to come and cover the whole earth. And so here he is. He's building God and, and building the ark. And it doesn't take a day. It doesn't take a month. It doesn't even take a year. It takes years for him to build the ark. But judgment came and he was safe. Why? Because he saw. He saw that God already gave him all the dimensions, all, 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 all the dimensions, all of what he needed, how it was going to be done. And so he saw it already. So because he saw it, he was able to build it. And even though people would look at him like, you ain't doing nothing, he built it. And, and we have stories that go on and on. That's what I love about Hebrews. You have Samson, who was able to, he was able to kill thousands of people with just, with just a, a jawbone. How crazy is that? I can barely hurt you with a jawbone, let alone <laughs> kill you with a jawbone. He was able to kill people with, jaw, with a jawbone. David, who was able to kill Goliath, a giant, with just a stone. All these things happened because of faith. Why? Because they saw, they didn't see the giant. We're so used to seeing the giant. 
We're so used to not seeing the rain. We're so used we're so used to seeing our own land and just what we're just used to seeing around us and not seeing what's ahead. We, we can't see the promise. We can't see the Can- Canaan. That's, 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 that's the issue that Egypt had. That even when they got to see Canaan, they couldn't believe it. They couldn't receive it. All they saw were giants. Canaan was right in front of them, but they only saw giants. And that's the problem with us. We only see the problem. We only see the circumstances. We only see the heartaches and the pains. We only see what we're going through at the moment. But like, but this is the challenge that the that the writer Hebrew said. He said they were looking for a land. They were, they actually. Let me, let me take a step back because he goes on near the end of the near the end of chap, chapter eleven and talks about people who even suffered. People who even died and people who were stoned and people who were sold in half. And he talks about these people. And he said, why? He said, what did these people go through this? Because as far as they were concerned, they weren't even worthy of what, they, what was going on here. They, saw, they were able to go through even that because they saw something greater. What is, what is it that God has called you to see? What is it that you see? right now? What is it that God is calling you to see? That's that's what's going to make the the difference. That's what's going to cause you to rise up in faith. It's not what you see right now. It's what you're going to see. That's what you need to see. Let me finish my my story. You know, know, my wife, God was was an encourager to me and she started to encourage me you know, but um, I, the next day I went to work. And as I went to work, um, I was online. I decided to, you know, do devotions. So I got do devotions, and uh, one of the devotions was Luke chapter 5. So I started reading Luke chapter 5. And uh, if you know, Luke chapter 5 is a story about Jesus and the disciples, and God is calling them to cast their nets. And, what, and I'm reading the scripture, and then it, I remembered. I said, oh, wait. This was the scripture that was at my wedding. Same scripture that the, 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 the pastor preached at my wedding was this scripture. I said, oh. And then the Lord spoke to me. He said, remember that? Remember that? You know, remember that? That's what I had. He said, that's what I had spoken to you. That scripture wasn't just there just for a sermon. That's what I spoke to you. Because I had called you to Hackensack to cast your net. I have called you out of the land that you did not, that you were known of to go to a land that you did not know because you were, you're there to cast your net because there's some fish that need to be caught and you need to be in the right place at the right time so you can cast your net and get the fish. And the fish is not going to be in New York. The fish is in Hackensack. You need to slow and stay. And I, I said, oh, my God. I'm there. I'm like, well, talk about a new revelation of Scripture like never before. I said, that's, that's why I'm here. That's what I need to see. I need to see the net. I need to see the fish that God has called me. And, I, and after that, that discouragement that was there was not there anymore. That was gone. I said, God, you will. And then I, rem- then I began to remember. I remembered what he did. I remembered that he, he is, that he provided for me to come here. I did not have the money for the rent, but God provided I did not know how. I don't know how I was going to make it here. God provided. There were times when we had nothing. I mean, literally had nothing. 
and checks would come in that I done totally even forgot about. And just right when the bank was about to say zero, checks would come in. One time we got refunds we didn't even know we had. I was like, what? I said, Jesus. But that's because I believe that he is. And I believe that he is the reward of those who seek him. And I saw something greater than what was in New York City. And my courage and all I have to say to you is believe that he is. Whatever he is, you need him to be, he is. If you need a deliverer, if you need a healer, if you need a savior, he is. He is. He is. And he rewards those if you seek him. Go after him. Don't ignore him. Don't fight with him anymore. Just go. 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 He will reward you if you seek him and see what he has promised. There is so much more in store for the gathering church. There is so much more. I mean, I was in here into the service, and I'm just sitting. The pastor was just on point. I'm just sensing breakthrough. Breakthrough, breakthrough. I said, Monique, you started praising God, and I just felt the breakthrough. Like I was about to break through with you because it was just like, oh, God. Why? Because he is. And he is the reward of those that diligently seek him. Don't give up. That was the message to the Hebrews. Don't give up. Don't let go. Don't look at the situation that you see right now. This is not it. There is a place that is for us. Christ is going to come. He's going to settle it all. This is not the end of it all. There is so much more. So hold on. Believe that he is. Believe that he's a rewarder. See the promises. That's why you go into chapter 12, verse 1. It says, now that we have such a great cloud of witnesses of Abraham, Isaac, and Enoch, and Jacob, and Samson, and David, and those who are even persecuted, and even those who are even here in our midst, we are witnesses of the promises of God. Therefore, lay aside the weight, the sin, and look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. We can go on. We can go forth. We can take the land. We can receive the promise. We can hold on to the end. Because, because God has promised and God will do. So here's my challenge for you. I don't even know if I follow my outline, but that's all right. Here's my challenge for you. <laughs> Where is your faith today? That was interesting about the, the, vid, the, the video that we saw in the beginning, this was what, which is why I, when I found it, I said this was it. In the end, he, in the end um, he talks about, he, he starts talking about his, if your friend um, said that he was going to give $10 uh, on Saturday, and you would believe that he would give you $10 because he's your friend. You have the relationship with him. He's your friend. So you wouldn't have no problem. Then, he's, then he goes on to say, well, if, the pers- if your friend died, that, did that stop him from, from being reliable? 
And I, you know, I ask myself that when the friends die, all of a sudden the promise is not fulfilled. But did that stop them from being reliable? I said, no. He's still your friend. You still trusted him. He was still reliable. And sometimes we see things that happen, take place, and it's not what we expected. And I've been there, done that. <laughs> but does that stop him from being reliable? I said, no. God is still able. He still is who he is. And unlike my friend who may die and won't come back, Jesus Christ was from the dead. He is alive and living and still living today. He's still the ruler, still the king, still eternal. I, have, I can rely on something that's even greater than anyone I know and anything I know. And so my challenge to you is, where's your faith? Where is your faith? Are you believing that he is? Are you believing that he's a rewarder? And are you seeing the promise? Or did you lose it? Did you get lo- lost? Did you get, as, as Timothy says, entangled with the affairs of this world? And as a result, all you see is this world. And it's failures and, it's, and things just not working out. And the trouble's just not working out. What has God spoken to you? What has been his promise to you? And for some of us, let me just ask this. Are you even in the faith? Do you even believe in Jesus Christ? Is your faith in him? Because man can and will fail you. But God is the one who's eternal. God is the one who's able. So do you have faith in, in Christ and in a part of you yourself? Because you know what? Even beyond just whatever goes on in this life, we, all of us are going to have to deal with eternity. And so all of us need to be able to put our faith in, in the one who is eternal. So we can have eternal security. So if you need that eternal security, or if you need to put your faith back in Christ, or, or just put your faith back in believing what that he has promised because you just lost it or got entangled with the stuff in this world, just stand with me. Just stand. I'm not going to embarrass nobody. I'm not going to shout nobody out. It's not about that. So here's what I, I would like to do. I would just, I want you to repeat a prayer with me. Everybody repeat a prayer with me. And then I'll just pray for all of us. Um, and what this prayer would do is basically help us to commit to believe in him. Believe that he is. Believe that he's a rewarder. To see that his promise be fulfilled. And that he is the one in whom we truly believe in. The eternal, the almighty, the all-powerful God. So say with me, Father, I thank you for your Son. I thank you that you sent him on that you sent him to us 
to die for our sins, that he rose again and conquered sin and death, and that he is coming again um, to judge the living and the dead. I thank you, Father, that I can rely on you, that I can believe in who you are. You are my healer. You are my fortress. You are my deliverer. You are the God in whom I can trust. You are a rewarder of those who diligently seek you. So I seek you now. I cry out to you now. Whatever the situations are, Lord God, I give it to you now. Father, I look now at your promises. What you said to me, what you promised me, what you showed me, what you gave me in dreams and visions, I say yes to them even now. I receive it even now. And I follow you even now. What you say, I will do. Where you say to go, I will go. Lord God, whatever you want me to do, I will do. And like those in the past, I will receive your promises. We thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, Father, I thank you for every person here, Lord. And as they even now begin to just pray to you and cry out to you and, Lord God, specifically give you all their issues and all their problems, all their fears, Lord God, and recommit their lives to you, and, Lord God, and begin to even, Lord God, commit, Lord God, those promises that are in their minds and hearts even now, Lord God. Father, I just pray, Lord God, your word says, he that has begun a good work shall continue to perform it. Lord, would you continue to perform that good work that you have done and done. Continue to build them up in their most holy faith, Lord God. That, Lord God, they will continue to see even without seeing, Lord God. In the mighty name of Jesus, we continue to believe, Lord God, that you are, you are, and you are a rewarder of those that seek you out. Lord God, that we continue to pray. They will continue to cry out, Lord God. They will continue to pray without ceasing, Lord God. And Lord, that you will continue to encourage them, Lord God. Be with them. Pour your spirit. Pour your love. Pour God. Pour, Lord God, Jesus, your favor upon their lives. Pour your blessings upon their lives. We thank you even now. God, a breakthrough, Lord God. We don't know what, we don't mind not seeing, Lord God. We might not even understand it, but we believe for the break. We see it, Lord God. We see it spiritually. We see it through the eyes of faith, the breakthrough coming. We see the promises fulfilled. We see, Lord God, you doing above and beyond what we could even ask or think, Lord God. And we look forward to you, Lord God, coming again, Lord God. We look forward to you, Lord God, doing above and beyond we can ask or think. We look forward to you, Lord God, doing it even in the gathering church, Lord God. For this region, Lord God, for this nation, Lord God. Oh, Lord God, for this world, Lord God, you're doing the work, Lord God. And so we can continue to trust in you. And we thank you for all things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. He may be seated in his presence.
Amen. Do you receive that word this morning? Amen. Hallelujah. We got to keep the faith, somebody. Go on and tell your neighbor. Say, neighbor, you got to keep the faith. I think you had the wrong one, man. You need to try somebody else. Say, neighbor, you got to keep the faith. That's right now. Amen. Praise the Lord. When you came into the sanctuary this morning, you were giving a beautiful, beautiful, I might say, amen, program. Inside that program, there is a connection card. Um, we ask that you tear it out and just fill it out in its entirety. Amen. If you are a first-time guest today, there is a special gift for you in the back at our resource table. So make sure that you stop by the resource table before you leave today. Also, there are resources, as we watched the video earlier before the announcements, Amen. We do have homework this week is to invest and invite someone to come out with you to church next Sunday. So here are some resources that we have available for you. We have a little card you can hand out to somebody and a little door tag if you're a little nervous, maybe speak to someone. But there are resources that are here. You can also go on our website and send an e-invite from our website as well about our Sunday morning services here. If you've been coming a few weeks and you've been wondering, well, how do I become a member of the Gathering Church, where there is a brochure in the back at the resource table that tells you exactly about our church, what we believe, what we do, and most importantly, how to join us, how to become a member. Amen. We are partners together in God's kingdom. But make sure you fill out those um, cards this week, um, your connection cards. If you have any prayer requests, please make sure you put them on the back of the card. This is a time when we are seeking God's face. My pastoral team, we meet together every Wednesday, and we pray corporately over those connection cards. On the back there, on the back of your connection card, there are boxes you can check for more information. If you recommend your life back to Christ, amen, this information we're sending you out, amen. Um, if you want more information about our church, there's stuff that we can send you. If you have any comments or anything that you think would be a blessing, please put on that connection card, and we would love to follow with you today. Amen. At this time, we're going to prepare our hearts to give our afternoon tithes and offerings, and um, we'll be dismissed. So I will bless the offering now, and then um, I will ask the worship team to come and sing us out of here. Amen. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we come before you, Lord, today, and we thank you for such a wonderful time in your presence, for you inhabit the praises of your people. And we thank you for infusing us with fresh faith today, Lord, that we might have come discouraged, we might have come in broken, we might have come in hurt, we might have come in confused, God, but we're leaving with understanding, we're leaving with hope renewed, we're leaving with a renewed heart healed, and, oh God, walking in your favor. So we thank you today. We pray that you bless each and every one as they will give, Father. This is a part of our reasonable act of worship. We're to bring into the storehouse, Lord God the tithes and the offerings, Lord God. Bless those who are able to give today, those who are not able to give. Provide for them. Send provision their way, Father, even now in the name of Jesus. Those who need gave for employment, those who are seeking, oh God, for a career move, those who are seeking for promotion. Promotion comes from you. We pray for your provision today, Lord. And, Father, even as we prepare to leave this place but never from you, we pray that you will cover us and guide us and keep us today. Even now, keep us throughout this week. I pray that the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard our hearts and minds 
through Christ Jesus and that we'll keep the faith. We'll hold on to the promises that we won't let this word that we receive today slip from us, Lord God, but we'll hold on to it. We'll meditate on it, Lord God. We'll pray on it, Lord God. We'll encourage ourselves for faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so, God, we will build up our faith, Lord God, and speak your precious promises to us. In the name of Jesus, if you believe that, say amen. Amen. Come on, worship team. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I know everybody's trying to fill out their um, cards and their offering. Um, even now, I just want to um, praise God for the, the sermon, the word um, that was shared today from Pastor Edgar. And um, just a word of encouragement that I wanted to share with all of you. Um, based on something that was said about the people of Israel going in to scope out and spy out the land. Um, and this is what I heard. This is, this is what resonated in my spirit, was that we could be right on the edge of our promise. We could be right there. Um, and that God is sending us to spy out or scope out something. There's some things in your mind's eye. We call it our mind's eye, you know, our imagination, our vision, that we're able to see. But God is sending us out to spy out that land or scope out that land. He's not sending you out to see the giants and to focus on the giants. And I think what happened the first time is that when the people went to scope out the land, their focus and their attention was on the giants and not the land. And there are some things in our lives, there are some things that God is calling many of us in this room to do. And I really want you to listen and hear what I'm saying. I really believe that this is a word for the people here in this room. There are some things that God is calling you to do. There's some visions. There's some ministries. There's some businesses. There's some opportunities that God is putting before you to see. And we are focusing too much on the giants, whether it is a skill that we don't have, something we don't know about where we're going or what we're going into, that's keeping us, is making, is intimidating us from taking the step into the promise. God is saying, I'm giving you, I will give you the strategy to overcome the giants. I want you to see the land. A land flowing with milk and honey, where the grapes were so big that they had to carry them on the sticks. There is, there is a promise and that you, that you are right there. You are right on the edge of it to take it up, to take it over, if you would hear the strategy of the Lord. God doesn't send you to scope out land so that you will retreat. He sends it, he sends you there to spy out the land so that you will advance. In the name of Jesus, I am calling this word out, I'm saying this to you, because there are people there, and I'm, I'm including myself, we're looking, we're, 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 we're spying it out, and they were like, well, I don't have that skill. I don't know how to do that. I don't know if I can do that. I heard a woman on a commercial. She said, I didn't know anything about opening up a store when I opened the store. Right? You don't know. You won't know. God gives you the skills you need, and you have those skills as you go forward, the God will give you the strategy as you go forward. God will give you the strategy to make war, to, to move as you go forward and as you listen to him. We never ever, we are never ever 100% prepared in a sense, I'm talking about in the world sense, for where we're about to go. 
we all, there's some, some limited thing in us that causes us and requires us to depend on God as we go into that situation. So don't expect to have the 100%, every tool, the only tool you need is the word of God. The only tool you need is God. He is the resource. He's the source for our resource. That's all you need. And I, I just want us, we're in 2011, we're in January. And somebody pointed out to me that we're in a new decade. And um, I didn't even realize that. So that's why it's so significant this year. I felt more than ever that this is a year of explosion, that this is a year of overflow. And I'm not just saying that to be cliche because we're in January. It's not because 2010 was nice, but this is something different. Do you perceive it? Do you see it? This is new. This is something else. There's something else is going on here. And it's a fresh start. It's a really fresh, fresh decade. And God is telling me that we've got to prepare now. In January for June. In June for December. God is telling me we've got to prepare now so that we, what we're, what we're going to be doing is reaping a harvest. Like every two to three months, a new harvest. We're preparing now. So January, come April, May, we're going to see some stuff. We're going to see things come to fruition. So and then as we sow, and the sowing doesn't stop. We, it's continual sowing. And even if you don't see, maybe you personally in your life, maybe if you don't see this year, some stuff comes to fruition. God is telling me that it's, it's coming, that there's things that are blooming under the snow. There's stuff that you'll see that'll be in your winter season that you won't be able to see, but it's still growing. It's still blooming. Keep investing. Keep moving. Keep sowing. Keep seeding in the name of Jesus. Don't say, oh, I don't see it in April, or I don't see it in June, or I don't see it in, in, in July, so that means nothing is happening. Keep sowing. It will not be in vain. In the name of Jesus, it will not be in vain. But this is the year, this is the month of the Lord's triumph. This is the month to start to sow. We're not going to wait. We're not going to wait. I remember um, Minister Dwayne had preached in June. What have you done? What have you done uh, with those goals that you had in January? It was like a mid-year check-in. We're not going to, in June, that should not, we should be saying, look, this is what is going on. This is what I've invested, that I've done all that was required of me. That's what God is looking for. So when, I'm going back to when you spy out the land, please do not retreat. God is not sending you to see it so that you will be disappointed. He's sending you to see it because he's saying, I'm going to give it to you. Not so that you can say, oh, Lord, there's giants. You don't think God knows that there's some giant things there that you don't, maybe some tools that you need in order to overcome, in order to take that land, some skills that you don't have that you need to acquire. You need to ask the Lord, how can I acquire it? How can I broaden and expose myself to something outside of my comfort zone so that I can access everything that you have for me in the name of Jesus? God is able. Come on, he's able. Come on, everybody stand with your offering going to give the offering now but let's just say god is we're going to believe that he is and he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him exceedingly abundantly above all oh you can ask all things 
Hallelujah, God. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. So everybody is dismissed. We'll just party while y'all go and get prepared. We're just going to do one more song. Y'all can do whatever y'all want. <laughs> We're going to take, we're going to get up in the land today.